This episode of Ask the Pokedexpert is brought to you by Silfco. Silfco, imagining tomorrow today. And by Adventure Incorporated Podcast. Six friends play Dungeons and Dragons. They laugh, they cry, they have fun, and hopefully you do too. Adventureinc.podbean.com. Now, on to the show. Ask the Pokedexpert. Hello friends, welcome to Ask the Pokedexpert, where we take audience questions and pick the brain of our special guest expert. I'm your host, Anthony Reed. Joining me this week, he is a Pokemon researcher and the foremost expert in the fields of Pokemon biology, anatomy, and social biology. His new book, I Choose You, Gastrointestinal Health, A Guide to Pokemon Probiotics, is available now. It's Pokedexpert Mike Ellison. Thanks for being here, Mike. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Anthony. It's a it's a real pleasure. Um, I I'm I'm just really excited, uh, especially because of today's topic. You know, uh, ever since I was a child, actually, I've had a really strong affinity toward toward Bulbasaur. I'm I'm thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for being on. We really appreciate you coming and lending your insight to this. And this week we are talking about the very famous Pokemon Bulbasaur. The Pokedex the Excuse me, the Pokedex lists Bulbasaur as a 2'4", 15-pound grass poison Pokemon. The community had a lot of good questions about Bulbasaur, and I'm very curious about them myself. Are you ready, Mike? I am ready, Anthony. Thank you. Uh, I just I do want to call out very quickly uh, before we start that, of course, uh, the size of your Bulbasaur may vary, right? The, the, the Pokedex information for a Bulbasaur is as always, an average, an estimate, right? I think so that's a great point, yeah. It's also important to note that when they talk about two foot four, they're talking foot to bulb. Correct, correct, yeah, yeah of course. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of quadrupeds are measured, uh, you know, foot to shoulder maybe, uh, or, you know, because a head can move up and down. But, you know, typically the, 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 the crown of the bulb is where, where that, you know, that top line is for a Bulbasaur. Um, great call out. Uh, but again, you know, if your Bulbasaur isn't quite at that, you know, two foot four level, that doesn't necessarily mean anything bad. Right. So, uh, you know, just maybe maybe make sure it gets a little bit more sun, um, you know, uh, take it on walks. Help. Just don't worry is all I'm trying to say. You know, you may still grow yourself a nice, strong Ivysaur just yet. Do you find uh, there's some variation in terms of size and and in proximity to evolution? Um, yes and no, right? I mean, I don't I don't want to say uh, you know because studies don't prove that a that a Bulbasaur will will get to a certain size before it you know uh, or that it has to get to a certain size rather before before evolving into an Ivysaur, right? Um, you know, what we see a lot of, uh, anecdotally anyway, in the lab, is that once a Bulbasaur is almost ready to evolve, you might actually see it even start to shrink a little bit as it starts to, to, to compress itself uh, for, the, for the enormous expenditure of energy that it requires to, to evolve. That is very interesting. Do, do, is there ever a, 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 does the weight, fluctuate in that regard as well 
Oh, I mean, just like just like any other living creature, right? Uh, weight fluctuates all the time based on based on how much the Bulbasaur is consuming, based on how much uh, you know, how much exercise it's getting, how much um, you know what the what the the weather is. Even you know, certain Bulbasaurs mm. in certain regions have been shown uh, to to not quite hibernate, but similar kind of. Uh, you know, uh, lifestyle pattern, right? Uh, as as the days grow shorter, they uh, they expend a lot less energy, and so you may see them start to fill out. Uh, you know, just before just before the fall time, and then you know, come springtime, they may look a little weak. Um, hmm. That's to be expected. Very interesting. Huh. Well, uh, let's go to our community questions. Uh, Discord user Gareth number three seven one five asks. Is it true that Bulbasaur bury themselves up to their knees when they sleep? That's a great question, Gareth. What was it? Three seven five. Uh, three seven one five. I'm sorry, Gareth. Three seven one five. Fantastic question. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for asking the Pokédexpert's opinion. Now, um, I wouldn't say that it's required. Uh, you know, Bulbasaur's in a city uh type region you know they they might not have that ability uh they do tend to sleep with their legs curled in mm. uh to to cl- more closely simulate that idea right um but it has been shown in the wild that a bulbasaur's ideal state is nearly buried in dirt now mike where does that come from what is that biological need that they're fulfilling with that i think you know, I'm I'm not going to say that I'm an ev- a Pokemon evolutionary expert. And I don't mean like, you know, Bulbasaur to Ivysaur because I am that. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, generational evolution kind of on the, the Darwinian scale, right? Um, I will recommend, though, uh, The Third Mankey. Uh, it is a it is a book written by Cedric Juniper. Uh, you may you may recognize that name, of course, as the the father of Professor Juniper in Unova. Um, mm. Cedric Cedric wrote an incredible book about a lot of different Pokemon evolution, kind of Darwinian evolution uh, origins, and you know, one of the things that, that really stuck out to me is how these plant and seed type Pokemon, a seed type Pokemon, of course, like Bulbasaur, uh, their their genetic ancestry, right, is from plants. And so I think if I were to hazard a guess, uh, I think it's really a tie back to that, that the, the Bulbasaur is trying to get more in touch with its uh i'm sorry for the pun here but uh more in touch with its roots if you will when it when it does bury itself hmm some sort of like almost hard-coded in its dna right uh, yeah 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 right yeah and and that's what i think it really is it's a it's a not a compulsion right because i've seen plenty of city-born bulbasaurs plenty of city-raised bulbasaurs that uh that don't you know, have any adverse effects to not being able to bury themselves to the joints. But I I have also seen a lot more happiness out of those Bulbasaurs that can. Interesting. Hmm. Well, uh, 
That was a very great question. Thank you again, Gareth. We really appreciate it. This one comes to us from listener uh, at It's Michael J on Twitter who writes, what's in that backpack he's wearing? Wow. Oh, that's a great question. You know, that's the thing about a Bulbasaur, right? Uh, every every trainer can put whatever they want inside a inside a Bulbasaur's backpack. You know, it can be it can be uh, most most trainers, right, are going to put a berry into the backpack, or maybe maybe an item that uh, that helps, say, grass or poison type moves in battle. But I mean, really, a Bulbasaur can carry almost anything. M- Mike, Mike, I'm sorry. I don't want to. Um, I I don't mean to interrupt and cut you off here. I, I... I think that uh, at it's Michael J might be talking about the the pod. Oh, oh, bless his heart. I'm yeah. sorry. I yeah. that's you know I will take uh, I will take the blame on that. I didn't I didn't think to clarify that. Of course, you know, uh, not all of our listeners might be on the same. Uh, level of pokemon knowledge you know it it's hard right when you start talking to experts all day long that's all you you know all you think about is kind of the the higher level right uh thank you so much for your question michael j it's michael j uh you know it sounds like maybe you're just starting to get into uh you know to get into pokemon training or maybe you're just a you know a a far-off fan you know uh if you live if you live in a place uh, you know, like Hoenn or Alola, maybe you might not have ever seen a Bulbasaur. And so I understand um, the the backpack is you so uh, lovingly referred to it. I, I think that's so cute. I might actually I'm going to bring that back to the office. I, I really like that. Uh, the, the backpack is actually a, a bulb, much like a, uh, you know, a tulip or uh, I guess even kind of an onion, right? Like the idea that it's eventually going to going to bloom into a flower um you know so as a bulbasaur of course that is the the first step in the evolutionary line um you know followed by ivysaur and then venusaur and you know if you're really lucky um you've got one of those one of those special little gifts and maybe you can maybe you can you know mega evolve that venusaur but hey um when you're starting out right that little pod is just the the beginning of that flower and so you know keep keep at it uh you know keep making sure that 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 bulbasaur gets a lot of sunlight and a lot of water it's really important, uh, you know, to, to provide your Bulbasaur a lot of opportunities to photosynthesize uh, because the, the more that they're able to grow and the more that they're able to, to produce their own energy, the bigger and the more bright that flower is going to be when they finally do evolve. So let me ask you this, Mike, knowing that it is a, a pod that contains the beginnings of a flower in the Bulbasaur phase what is actually on the inside of that pod? If if you were to, and I d- very clearly do not recommend this, folks. This is not a thing you should be doing. But for the nature of science and for understanding, if you were to take a cross-section of that pod, what would you see? Oh, gosh. Um, first off, yeah, it is very important that you never take a cross-section of the pod from a living Bulbasaur. 
Uh, I just I I know I know you said it, Anthony, but like no, I absolutely as the foremost expert expert in Bulbasaurs, I think it's really important to call that out because golly, there's there's no better way to have a really regretful experience uh, than than trying to open that pod before it's ready. Um, to answer your question, of course, the uh, the pod on the back for a living Bulbasaur is actually filled with nutrients. It's a lot like, um, have you ever cut open like an aloe leaf? Okay, right? sure. And you know the, you know, the, uh, the soft kind of gel like substance with all the, all the, all the seeds inside of it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to that. It's just, um, it's, it's a lot of stored. Uh, I mean, they're, you know their their energy that's basically cells and nutrients and and you know it's all kind of coming together it, it another uh similar situation right is like with the kakuna or the metapod uh before they finish their evolutions if you were to take a cross section of a kakuna or a metapod which again do not recommend please please, please do not do, do that not. Yeah, right. no way. Um, Especially, you know, you know, that'd be a real shame with a, a Kakuna Metapod. They are generally, you know, sort of a training Pokemon for young Pokemon trainers. And to them, we definitely say it is not a road you want to go down. Do not right. even. I mean, don't. if you're at summer camp and, you know, you're 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 learning to become a professor, maybe, you know, uh, talk to the talk to the staff. Maybe the staff has, you know, some. um some corpses that or i'm sorry corpses is not the right word what's, it, what's the word i'm looking for anthony um well you know like a, like a cadaver of uh right yes yeah. perfect cadaver is much better than corpse uh i apologize <laughs> i've been you know heads down in the lab all day it's been really I, again thank you so much for having me here no but, no i yeah, we totally no, understand it's, it's very similar to that it's kind of a, a soupy um formless mass right of of just growth and and nutrients and um if there are kids listening they can talk to their mothers about you know when you when you are inside your mom's tummy there's a there's a there's a sack you know that 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 provides nutrients to you as you grow and it's very similar to that Okay. Uh, of course, you know, for our adult listeners, I'm, I'm speaking of the placenta. Right. Right. Okay. So here's one from Zika, number 6992 on Discord, who asks... Great year. Great year. Six, 6992 was a great, great year. Uh, great year. How do you determine proper care for the seed pod? And are there different care techniques depending on what type of plant or flower it is growing? Oh, uh, there's so this is a common misconception. Uh, first off, real quick, I just want to clarify: there is only one type of flower that grows on the back of the Bulbasaur. Um, <clears throat> I know, I know, you know where you are is going to make that make that flower look different, but it's all actually the same thing right because these are all technically the same creature yeah, um, it's a, it is all a bulbasaur 
flower, right. the, an ivy sore flower or a venusaur flower are correct. Yeah. And and yeah, they're gonna you know they're gonna be different colors depending on depending on where you're at, depending on the the type of environment that it's in, depending on all sorts of different things, right? Uh, different. I, I mean, all of us have done Punnett squares before. Mm-hmm. We know what we know what a Punnett square looks like, right? So uh, you know, it's it's very similar to that idea that you know. Uh, of course, the yellow or the redness of your flower may change depending on depending on environmental fl- uh, actor act- environmental factors. Wow. Um, so before we move on to the rest of this question, let sure. me just uh, ask a little bit of a follow up here. Are there things that a trainer can do to help guide or shape the color that or or a presentation of the flower as the Bulbasaur matures? I mean, the American Pokemon Club has been doing a lot of work with trying to breed specific colors out of their out of their their Bulbasaurs. You know, it's a it's a it's a hard process for sure. But I, I do think that there's there's a, a biological aspect to it, right? Where if you know a a, a female Bulbasaur, um, you know, with a with a particularly striking uh, red flower, or I'm sorry, a female ivy sore with a particularly striking red flower, uh, were to were to lay itself some some bulbs, uh, and then for those bulbs to be fertilized by a a male Bulbasaur also with a particularly striking color of red, um, the chances of producing an even more vivid uh flower from the resulting ivy sore are much higher of course um, of course of course but is there anything as a trainer i can do to my bulbasaur oh sure i'm sorry i you know i i forget um again the the level of complexity of the the questions here um i mean there are products that you can purchase in the store. You know, I'm, I'm not here to sell anything. Um, Except your new book, I Choose You, Gastrointestinal Health, A Guide to Pokemon Probiotics, available now. Well, of course. Yeah, I mean, found found on Amazon, found in all fine Pokestops, found basically anywhere. Uh, your your local uh, your local airport's uh, newsstand. Uh, I'm yep. sure you can pick up a copy there. Yep. Um, but... I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not a Scott shill, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to make you go out and purchase a bunch of long care items that, uh, you know, may or may not have an effect on your Ivysaur, uh, your Ivysaur flower, excuse me. Um, but I have heard that just as, as silly as this might sound, love can influence the color of the flower. Hmm. You know, Pokemon are very uh, delicate creatures, right? And and the more time that you spend with your Bulbasaur, and the 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 gentler you treat it, and the more you, uh, you know, provide an outlet for all its energy, the happier it's going to be. And and there are stories of that happiness affecting the color of the bulb. Hmm. Personally. I think it just 
happens to match up with the the temperature, the climate, you know, the the elevation uh, that you're raising your Bulbasaur in. Well, we could also, I mean, you can also certainly make a case for some of those biological needs for things like, you know, well-fed, well-groomed companionship and things that, that do provide a chemical reaction inside the Bulbasaur. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't mean to uh, to discount the idea that you know love is the answer, but I do. I I do think that environmental factors play a large role in that. And, mm. and you know maybe maybe that's even beyond Pokemon, right? And maybe that's a maybe that's a humanity thing as well. That you know people in areas with uh, with better environments just tend to be better people. Uh, any other tips for proper care of the seed pod? Um, I mean, uh, we've talked first about not trying to pry it open, right? Uh, or or taking a cross-section or anything like that. It, Absolutely. It will open, Cannot stress that enough. Gosh, it will open on its own time. You know, some are late bloomers. Some some pop open right away. But, like, I think comparing your, your Bulbasaurus seed pod to another Bulbasaurus seed pod is only going to be contentious right it's only gonna it's only gonna make things worse for everyone around um mm-hmm. i think i think it's important to remember that they the bulbasaur tends to prefer a stroke with the grain you know mm-hmm. you don't want to you don't want to stroke against the grain on that pod uh so so always come up to the to the crown of the pod from the very base of very it. good advice that's super interesting you know uh it's 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 important to maintain the protective shell of that pod right mm-hmm. i i know i know maybe your bulbasaur's rear leg gets going if you go the opposite way but listen like the safety of that pod is what's most important and you don't you don't want to end up doing more harm than good that's that's a great point. Great point. Uh, let's see. We've got one here from Twitter's at Staff of Sage who asks, does Bulbasaur have a belly button? Oh, Staff of Sage. What a great question. You know, um, it, it I wish I wish you could do science the way it's meant to be done. You know, it, 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 questions like this make me feel so sad. I know, I know Bulbasaur is a very rare Pokemon, mm. but wouldn't it be great if we had the kind of budget in our science, in our science departments across the nation to be able to take a Bulbasaur to staff, staff of Sage so that they could see for themselves whether Bulbasaur has a belly button or not. Yeah, um, this, you know, the state of education that we can't... Uh, that, that there I are people know. in this world who still have not seen a Bulbasaur, right? I know, and not it's just heartbreaking, Bulbasaur, right? So many Pokemon. Oh, so many Pokemon. A Bulbasaur so is not even that rare. I saw an eight-year-old running around with a Bulbasaur, but there are still people who haven't seen one. What a lucky kid. Yes. But, yeah, no, I... I mean, I think... I feel so bad that that Sage can't find out for themselves that Bulbasaur does not have a belly button because belly buttons really are for viviparous creatures, right? Like they, if you're not born live, you don't need a belly button. Yes. And, and Bulbasaurs are not born live. 
No, of course not. It's called a seed Pokemon for a reason. You know, um, female Bulbasaurs plant bulbs like what like we talked about earlier that are then fertilized by a male Bulbasaur. Um, if they aren't fertilized in time, they only grow to be the flowers that end up on the back of a Venusaur. Now, can we talk about the Don fan in the room here? Sure, absolutely. I we're gonna get some people who say, but Mike. I thought Bulbasaurus came from eggs. Sure. I understand. Um, you know, it's it's crazy, right? But, you know, the the mechanics of a game that you play and the reality of the world around us don't always match up 100%, right? Just like if you were to play, you know, any... Uh, any survival game, right? Like a, a game like Ark, you're not just gonna, um, you know, chop down a tree and then all of a sudden that tree is lumber to build a house with, right? Things are simplified in in the Pokemon video game universe. Uh, I'm, it's a pet peeve of mine, but I understand why they do it. Uh, the problem, of course, is that it leads to a lot of misconceptions like this. It's, it's uh tricky right um but i think it's important at every opportunity to dispel the notion that all pokemon are oviparous that's insane that i mean that's that's just crazy that would be there certainly are pokemon that come from eggs oh for sure of course uh all you know all bird pokemon come from eggs well almost all bird pokemon come from eggs you know there there are specific bird pokemon that that are live born but you know, most bird Pokemon come from eggs. Most, uh, even most reptile Pokemon come from eggs. Um, it's it's remarkably similar to to standard animals. Um, of course, plant Pokemon are gonna be a little bit different, right? Um, a a Pokemon that moves, but also is a plant. In the case of a Bulbasaur, for example, combines elements of both its plant origin. And again, I, I really, I don't think that I'm doing the third Mankey justice by talking about the origin of these of these traits. But please, please, please pick up that book. It's it's amazing. You can really see where 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 Professor Juniper got his his like his fame from right uh you can see you can see why aurea was so highly highly uh highly recommended to become a professor in unova after the the Uh, theory of the origin of pokemon is very interesting isn't it god i love it i love it it's so it's not my you know it's not my focus um and so again i i digress i don't i don't want to to give the wrong impression here uh, and I I would hate to misquote Cedric's book. Please, please, please pick up the third Mankey. Uh, it is fantastic. Um, but again, Bulbasaurs, they they combine elements of both plants and reptiles in their in their birthing process, right? So once the once the female Bulbasaur has planted her bulbs and a male Bulbasaur has fertilized them, that's when a male Bulbasaur 
or that's when that's when a Bulbasaur begins to grow. Right. Uh, right. You know, they they start out as just a bulb, and then eventually grow underground. They grow that that cute little face and those tiny little stubby legs and those cute little claws that you that you all have come to know and love. Do you think that that's maybe partially where that bringing to their knees comes from as well? I understand where, you know, where you might get that right. Like they're they're, and it, and it could be argued that that's true, right? It's it's similar to the way children like to snuggle against their parents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of kind of crawling into that tiny little uh, fetal position, right? To to remind themselves of the safety of the womb, maybe. Um, God, if we could just invent a way to talk to Pokemon, we could really, we could really get the answer to that question. Sure, but you know, our only talking Pokemon doesn't really like us. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. <clears throat> sure, oh, boy, That's this a, yeah, this is a good one. This is a good one. At the underscore real underscore Shack on Twitter asks, "My Bulbasaur is a picky eater." What do you do to feed a Bulbasaur to make it look so healthy? It's a great question, the underscore real underscore shack. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people that that try to feed their Bulbasaur and, you know, they're they're not having a good they're not having a good go of it. And I know again, you know, it's it's this game mechanic of berries that that really gets in people's heads that you know oh this bulbasaur needs to eat um i know i know i've mentioned it a few times uh water and sunlight water and sunlight water and sunlight but it's true you know the bulbasaur especially at his at his young age it's really important that the bulbasaur create its own energy uh you know the the chlorophyll in that in that pod needs to work so that it can produce the food that the Bulbasaur needs to live. Now I've seen stores, they sell Bulbasaur nectar. That's supposed to be a nutrient paste that will really help bring out uh, some of the natural elements in the Bulbasaur. Do you recommend that? Yeah. Again, that's, you know, Scott's doing a lot of work to really push this idea that not all about that, like a Bulbasaur could use some work, right? I, I personally am more of a naturalist. I think I think it's important to, um, I don't know how to say this without sounding paranoid, Anthony. But I'm just gonna say it. I think it's important to follow the money in these sorts of things, right? Who stands mm. to benefit from selling these, uh, you know, these supplements, right? Do you think Do you think Scott has created these because they're overly concerned about about Bulbasaur fitness or are they more concerned with the happiness of their shareholders and the other point on that I guess is that they only started producing these in the last five years or so what did you do with their Bulbasaurs before that right exactly look all I'm trying to say is that if I can't pronounce the food that my Bulbasaur is eating I'm not feeding it to him Mm. and I know I can pronounce sunlight and water very good points. Very good points. Uh, let's see. We have one here from Perker, number 7236 on Discord, who asks, if the vines are damaged, how should I treat them? 
great question. Uh, you know, there, it. How active is your Bulbasaur? Is is really the the question that I would have first, right? Because we've, you know, we've all seen that sedentary little pudgy Bulbasaur that just kind of lays there. Likes a little chin scratch every once in a while. They are um, cute, I have to say. Like one of those little pudgy Bulbasaurs is very Yeah, just cute. a little tiny little squishy guys. Right. Everybody loves those. But like if you've got one of those Bulbasaurs that's always up and about, it can be a lot harder, right? So if you, as a rule of thumb, the more sedentary your Bulbasaur is, the stiffer a, a splint you can use for it. Right. So if you've got yourself a nice, sweet, lazy, domesticated Bulbasaur who basically suns himself all day and all, you know, and sleeps all night, by all means, grab yourself a yardstick, grab yourself, uh, you know, a little bit of, of, uh, you know, plumber's tape and just tape that yardstick to that vine. Hmm. It's a nice DIY sort of solution right. to that. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to sell you on stuff, guys. Like I, I except for my book, of course. Of course, know. yep. Uh, and that is we... once again, I choose you, gastrointestinal health: a guide to Pokemon probiotics. Available now. God, I just love the way you say it. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but you know, like. If you find yourself with a more active Bulbasaur, which I mean, by all means, raise yourself a little, you know, a little, a little speed demon of a Bulbasaur. That's fine. I think they're, I think they're equally cute. Um, but I might recommend something more along the lines of, say, a, uh, maybe a bit of wire or a, even, you know, even a pipe cleaner might work out. Um, something that are... has a little bit more, you know bend to it if you are in the market to spend a little bit of money i have seen some great sort of mesh tubes uh that you just sort of like pull down like a sock over the the vine sure. yeah uh, and it just sort of covers the damaged area and gives it an opportunity to regrow while still being flexible but supportive yeah 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 and, and you know they make those out of a variety of materials you know recently i saw i saw one made out of bamboo Mm. Uh, I've seen I've seen carbon fiber ones for people that that Oof. are raising those real speed demon Bulbasaurs. You know they they want to they want to make sure that their power to weight ratio is right on. Well, it seems like the kind of thing you might want if you were a trainer who might uh, run into frequent uh, damaging of the the vine. Sure, yeah, especially if you're if you're battling in a place where you know maybe. Maybe, you know, you're seeing a lot of rocks or, or even rock Pokemon. Um, you know, you might, you might invest in something like that almost as like a, a precaution beforehand, right? Sure. Um, okay, we've got a, a question here from Facebook user Darik who asks, Can I let my Bulbasaur nap near the fireplace? Ah, gosh, I hate to equivocate so much. You know, I hate to I hate to ask so many follow up questions, especially because this isn't a live show. Um, but I need to know what he means by near. Right. Because, I mean, you got to keep an eye on a Bulbasaur. Uh, mm, they are, yes. you know, they are. They are going to get as close as they can to a heat source. Uh and sometimes it can burn them. You know, you got to keep an eye out, make sure that it's not it's not browning. Mm -hmm. um, oh, geez. you know, wilting. 
Right. If your if your Bulbasaur starts to starts to doze off and it's a you know it's having a dream, uh, its vines may reach out and slap that fire. Uh, you know, at that point, you got to be worried about it getting burned. You've also got to be worried about that fire spreading throughout your house. I don't want to, I don't want to tell anyone exactly how to raise their Bulbasaur, but I do think it's okay to set up some baby gates, uh, mm. a, a short distance away from the fire just to protect yourself, the Bulbasaur and your house. Um, but I think being close to a heat source is important, right? Uh, you don't want them to get too cold. You don't want them to get frostbit. You don't want, you don't want them to, uh, you know, to to experience a frost before they've before they've become an ivy sore. Yeah, you know that first frost can be a real killer. Now, of course, many Bulbasaurs who live in more uh, Arctic climates. They're they're more accustomed to that kind of thing, but I think the heat is maybe all the more important to them. No, sure, sure, absolutely, yeah. I mean, this again kind of kind of takes us back to the colors, right? Of the of the Pokemon, like those those kind of more northern uh, Bulbasaurs, you know, the the browner, uh, the the darker shades of Bulbasaur. Those, of course, are going to be uh, much more drawn to that heat and may be more prone to catching themselves on fire. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. It's really important for you to get as much sun as you can. In fact, if you can, if you are looking to get into breeding in the, in those more Northern or extreme Southern settings, you're going to want to make sure that your Bulbasaurs are coming out, I guess, of the ground, uh, kind of right at the very beginning of spring. Hmm. Uh, and you're going to want to make sure that they're finding finding a trainer very quickly who really wants to work with them very hard to get them to Ivysaur before before the fall. Do you think you that's know? why the Bulbasaur is such like a... It sort of has an exclusive range of where they're they're really more prominent. Yeah, I do. I think I think a lot of it comes from the fact that it's frankly a lot easier to raise them kind of in the in the bulba belt right like there's a it it got its name for a reason you know uh and if i can just i i gosh i feel like i've been on a soapbox all day but it's really important to me to stop the shipment of bulbasaurs out of the bulba belt into these uh, extreme climates you know they're they're just not they're not built for that sort of environment and unless you're an extremely talented trainer uh i do not recommend getting a southern bulbasaur for a northern climate it's like sending a frost lass to uh the tropics sure yeah like these people you know i just don't i don't understand you know i saw so you know that i've moved to austin right and I saw a guy walking a seal the other day. Oh, I felt so bad for that Pokemon. It's mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. too hot. It's like we had a, over forty five days of a hundred degree weather here this this summer. Like that's what is that poor seal doing? No, you uh, know they don't sweat. They don't <sighs> sweat. Interesting. Well, I suppose they wouldn't need to in their right. natural climate. Hmm. Right. No, it's just you know, it's just pile of blubber on there wow 
Well, so uh, I guess that's a, a very good point, and I, I think something people should look out for. You know, trying to find Pokemon that are native to your area. It, it's really sure. just healthier for the Pokemon, healthier for you. You'll have a lot easier time taking care of them. And that's not to say that you can't move either, right? So, like, let's say, let's say, you know, you're listening to this podcast, and you are, you know, currently located in the Bulba Belt, and and you've got yourself, you know, a, a fine collection of Bulbasaur. Uh, first off. Great choice. Such a good, loyal pet. Um, you know, uh, also also really good in the field. It's a it's a hard worker. It's stout. It's 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 hardy where it lives, right? But you know, I understand work happens, right? Uh, opportunity abounds everywhere now. Uh, in a more globalized society, it's hard not to just need to get up and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recommend moving slowly not like you know keeping it under 15 but like you know let's say let's say being in the bulba belt right that i i found myself with a with my own pet bulbasaur i couldn't move straight to vancouver you know, if I if a job opened up in Vancouver for me or or in Portland, Maine, for example, I couldn't move there right away. I would have to plan out a career path that took me slowly north so that my Bulbasaur had time to either adapt or evolve. Now, I know we're not talking about Ivysaur and Venusaur in this particular episode, but do you find that they are more apt to handle those steeper climate changes? Certainly. Uh, Basically, you know, as they as they grow in size, right? I mean, the the size difference, uh, the size difference between a Bulbasaur and an Ivysaur is comparatively quite large, right? Mm -hmm. Typically, they Mm -hmm. they end up about, you know, 50 percent larger. Um they're just more able to keep their own heat at that point. I see. Um, and you know, the, as they, as the the leaves on the on their back start to grow out, and as the flower starts to open up a little bit more, they're able to catch more sunlight uh, with with more surface area throughout the day. I see. Interesting. And so, you know, as as the sun angle changes in the sky based on how you know based on where you're at they're able to adapt to that a little bit better. All right. Well, good. Uh, let's move back to Bulbasaur's. Uh, Please. So, uh, Twitter user at Sprite asks, I heard in archaic times, Bulbasaur were used as a food source. Did they eat the Bulbasaur or did it help grow plants? And if you could eat a Bulbasaur, would it be a vegetarian meal? Great question. So... I'm so glad, by the way, that we have moved past the barbarous times of consuming Pokemon. Ugh. I understand, you know, I understand there was a there was a time and a place for it before we knew better, right? But man, could you imagine? I friends I, not it food, right? Me. Oh, disgusts friends me. not food. But <clears throat> that being said, I think it's important to distinguish. Uh, no Pokemon is a vegetarian meal. Mm. Not a single one, especially not Bulbasaur. Uh, you know, if you were to eat just the bulbs, like an unfertilized bulb, 
you could do that and that may technically be a vegetarian meal right uh i guess it depends on where you stand um but i i personally feel if you wait for the flower to bloom it's absolutely a vegetarian meal uh i think interesting you know i think any time before that there's a chance that it could turn into a Bulbasaur or even an Oddish. Mm. Um, oh, explain that. Oh, sure. Uh, so, I'm sorry. I'm Like I said, I've been in the lab a lot lately, right? Let me tell you about what I found. Is that the female Oddish doesn't reproduce. Hmm. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm, and so, very. Though they are much fiercer fighters than their male counterparts, of course, the only way they can continue being born is by a male Oddish fertilizing a female Bulbasaur's bulbs before a male Bulbasaur can get there. Huh. Yeah, I know. uh, A lot of people, again, probably assume that Oddish is, you know, hatched from an egg. Uh, You know, game mechanics, again... They don't go into this level of detail, but that's where the real science of it of it all comes in, folks. You know, uh, and this is why Bulbasaur can be so rare as a wild Pokemon. I know in captivity you see them all the time. I know there are breeders that are really moving units, right, of Bulbasaurs. But Kanto particularly has experienced a real issue. With wild Oddish so greatly outnumbering wild Bulbasaur that a person could go their whole lives without seeing one in the wild. And, of course, you know, when you're walking around Kanto, right, it's almost overwhelming the number of Oddish that you encounter in the wild. It's it's ridiculous. Hmm. And that's why, you know, uh, when you have, you know, only 12% of your species, like a Bulbasaur, uh, is female, you know, that is not a great, uh, you know, a great number of bulbs that can be laid. And if and they're so, also getting picked up either not uh, fertilized or uh, fertilized by another creature, that really gets in the way of growing new Bulbasaur. Right. You know, um, the the number of Oddish out there is a real problem. You know, I... Again, I really recommend that third Mankey book, but, uh, you know, in it, they talk about when the Oddish was introduced to Kanto and the devastating effect that it had on the Bulbasaur population. It's, it's really interesting stuff. Um, but sorry to, sorry to digress. Um, again, Bulbasaur is not a vegetarian meal. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, it, disgust me to even have to say it um well i find it but, interesting you know. that you say ivy sort may be vegetarian uh what, what about something like i know we're not again not talking about that but something like a bell sprout oh no uh again any any plant-based pokemon mm-hmm. while ev- while darwinian evolution right uh says that it comes from a plant in order to be able to get up and move around and walk uh Again, not 
only a plant, which means that, you know, it's got to have meat in there somewhere, right? Sure, sure. Um, and I, you know, I, I hear what you're saying about the vegetarian, you know, flowering of the ivysaur, but I, I still suspect that wouldn't fall under vegan rules. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, perhaps there was a, a miscommunication. I don't think I don't think a vena or an ivysaur or a venusaur would be a vegetarian meal either. Ah, uh, an, an unfertilized, unfertilized flower. flower. Mm-hmm. Right. That Correct. makes sense. I okay. I understand and agree with that. And uh, you know, again, I I I would recommend to reach out to uh, Peta maybe or Pet P. Um, Pet P might be might be the better option. Uh, you know, people for the ethical treatment of Pokemon. Sure. Um, for for kind of a more official stance, right? Uh, on whether an unfertilized Bulbasaur flower is a vegetarian meal. Personally, uh, I steer clear of any Pokemon-based products uh, because I, I think I think it's a slippery slope, right? I mean, one second you're one second you're eating unfertilized Bulbasaur bulbs, and the next, you know, you're cutting into a Bidoof steak. And who's to say? Ugh. Ugh. Right? I don't. I mean, that's I know, not good. I know, I know. It's awful to talk about and it's awful to think about. But you know, I think it's I think it's important to to understand that all of our all of our actions have consequences in this world. And so that's why personally, I don't eat an unfertilized Bulbasaur flower nor bulb. I I, I don't either. I've never had one, um, and and that makes sense to me. So let's go with this last question here. I have one from Izkavan, number 8098 on Discord, who put up the question, plants grow in water. Can I use hydroponics for my Bulbasaur? That's a great question, Izkavan. Um, I know I know. there's been a lot of uh, hydroponic research um, dedicated. Actually, give me just one moment here. Let me, let me... Sorry, I brought some. I brought some notes. Um, give me just a second. I know it's in here somewhere. Um, I I I know I've got something. Uh, give me just uh, again. Uh, gosh. Well, while we have the moment, I just want to once again plug uh, Mike's book. Uh, I Choose You, Gastrointestinal Health, A Guide to Pokemon Probiotics, available now on Amazon and everywhere that you can buy things at your local Pokemart or uh, airport, anywhere you can find books, you're likely to find it. You should go and pick it up. Ah, here it is. Yes, sorry. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much for, for bearing with me. I know, gosh, I, I, like I said, uh, really, really busy lately, but so the question Iskavan asked, right, was, can I grow a Bulbasaur using hydroponics? Yes. Yes, you can. The answer is yes. Uh, hmm. I've seen a lot of very successful breeding programs where they where they use hydroponics. Uh, I do want to be clear uh, that an aquaponic system may not work. Uh, the reason I say may is because, you know, of course, while humans no longer consume Pokemon, other Pokemon will consume each other. 
And so if your aquaponics system is using something like a Goldeen, uh, you may very well wake up one day to find to find that, that Bulbasaur bulb completely eaten. You hmm. never know with a Goldeen. You know, they're 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 a little bit of a, a bottom feeder. You know, they'll they'll eat anything that they can. So if you're I, I do not recommend uh, an aquaponic system. I, I would recommend a hydroponic system if you're trying to grow a Bulbasaur in, you know, maybe uh, maybe a small apartment, um, you know, or or in a big city. Uh, I think I think a hydroponic system can can produce a, a decent Bulbasaur. Uh, I think I think you may find challenges with the uh, the sturdiness of that that Bulbasaur as it as it matures, mm. um, but I think I think a lot of that is due to you know um, the relative newness of urban Bulbasaur farming. Sure. You know, I, I just I don't think I don't think the the research quite matches you know i'm looking at i'm looking at a few different studies done right now um you know there a lot of these these breeders you know are in in relatively uh gentle places you know like like uh pallet town uh you know pallet town breeders they of course have been have been in, at it forever yeah um, oh, so long right but you know uh you know there there there's a lot that goes into a hydroponic system and and I think as research starts to come out more we'll have a more uh, substantial answer for for Iskavan right now but or than we do right now but I think I think if you're limited to a hydroponic space you shouldn't feel like you can't have yourself a bulbasaur hmm it's certainly worth the shot, right? To see how you can come up with. Yeah. Uh, it it won't. It likely won't do much damage, but it will probably help in the long run. Right. And worst case scenario, right? You are you are furthering scientific research, uh, <laughs> and maybe maybe you end up with just a beautiful flower. Well, Mike, I I really want to thank you once again for joining us this week. Uh, it, it has been oh the pleasure fantastic. Has- the pleasure has been all mine, Anthony. I really thank you so much. I know, I know, I could have been better prepared. I know I could have, oh, I could no, have no, organized no, no. my your, notes a little bit better. I know your Bulbasaur knowledge is is amazing. I learned so much, and I'm I'm certain our listeners did too. Uh, but that's all the time we have this week on Ask the Pokedexpert. So join us again in two weeks uh, when we'll have an expert on to talk about the Pokemon Dunsparce. Make sure you send all of your Dunsparce questions to Twitter, Facebook, and email. Tweet us at at Pokedexpert. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pokedexpert. And email us at pokedexpertpod at gmail.com. That's P-O-K-E-D-E-X-P-E-R-T. We can't wait to see what you want to know. We'll see you next time.